Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, aims to provide general information and insights about dementia and related topics. The content shared is not intended to be medical advice or a substitute for professional medical or clinical guidance. The purpose or goal of this podcast series is to help inform and educate family members considering memory care for a loved one. With us, as always, is Elizabeth Thompson, Arrow Senior Living Regional Director of Memory Care. Welcome. I'm Charlie Johnson, your host. Elizabeth, we've talked previously about what is dementia, the different types of dementia, and even the use of therapeutic fibbing as a form of support for individuals. Now, we're going to take it to the next level with this question. So when is it time to make the move to a memory care community? So that's what we're gonna discuss today. We're gonna talk about how do we know when it's time to make that move to a memory care community. So we should probably, before we get too deep into that, let's talk about what is memory care. So let's discuss that for a while first. Sure. So memory care, and and we are specifically speaking on assisted living memory care today, just for those that are listening. Um, Memory care is a beautiful place. Um, It's a place that is secure, Um, for those that are living with dementia. Um, It is a place where they have trained staff to help engage with the residents. Um, It's easier for me to just kind of tell you a day in the life of a memory care in an Arrow memory care neighborhood. I don't know about others, but this is kind of a a day in our life of a memory care. Um, So you're gonna have someone, if you need it, to come and help you get ready in the morning, get dressed, assist you with, you know, brushing your teeth, making your hair look pretty, um, shaving you if you're a man, uh, if you need that assistance. Um, We're gonna go have breakfast. I mean, a nice breakfast, not, cereal (laughs) which is what a lot of people are used to when they've been living at home for a long time so they get a good homemade breakfast Um, usually in the mornings we do exercise because exercise there's so many health benefits Um, we do all types of engagement throughout the day we really make it just the the biggest factor and we'll talk more about this is is getting to know the person you know individualizing what works best for them what did they used to do for a living what what do they like to do now um how can we get them engaged using the senses um you know whether it's baking bread or cinnamon rolls or maybe it's gardening or maybe it's doing something at the woodworking station building a birdhouse or something like that. Um, We have lunch together as a family. We have what's called family-style dining. So um, that's where we just gather together. We want every meal to be like Thanksgiving dinner, you know, Um, a time to socialize. Uh, In our memory care neighborhoods, we also like to have those intentional times of rest because that's important. We don't want to rest too long, but we want to rest. And then after we come back and we start another activity of some sort, maybe it's music, maybe it's a craft, Um, we like to meet all of the dimensions of wellness, you know, the spiritual, the emotional, the physical, uh, the environmental, the intellectual. So we may do cognitive games um, in the afternoon. Um, We 
have snack and hydration three times a day. So mid-morning snack and hydration, um, mid-morning, I mean, afternoon snack and hydration, and then in the evening before bed. Hydration is huge. So we like to hydrate people because we're setting them up for success. When you're hydrated, you're at your peak cognitive level. So, um, and then in the evenings, we have dinner together as a family. We have what's called family time in the evenings where we gather together and we may watch Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy, or, or we may even do something that's a little more relaxing, like lavender hand massages or foot soaks. Um, and then you have that care partner to help you get ready for bed. It sounds like a, quite a day, a full day. It it's a like. full day. It is. It's it's a very full day. So you'd mentioned care partners. Mm-hmm. Now, now these are the individuals that, that actually are the direct care. Yes. For for the individuals that are in the memory care neighborhoods, as Correct. as we call them at, at Arrow Senior Living. And you'd also mentioned that that they are trained staff. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about the training that they're the specialized training that these these the staff members receive in order to work in in the memory care neighborhoods so for a memory care support partner um, when they start off at arrow senior living we make sure that they have a a minimum of of one day in assisted living to have some of those skills validated by someone from wellness to make sure that they can take blood pressure and they can take um, you know use a pulse ox and and get an oxygen level um, that they know how to use a a gate belt and to trance how to transfer Um, sometimes it's even three days before they come over to the memory care Um, all of our memory care directors um, are certified dementia practitioners. So they have gone through the training um, to become licensed nationally uh, to be a certified dementia practitioner. Um, They in turn train their team. So we have ongoing training. So they would spend probably three days at least just on basics of dementia with that memory care support partner. But then we have ongoing training that they have to go to. So there is Relias, which is a computer-based system where they would do training that they're required to do every month. We also have a, a town hall where we conduct training with the team once a month. Um, and then there's just on-the-spot training that takes place all the time mm-hmm. because Every moment is a teachable moment. Sure. Can you give me maybe just uh, two or three examples of the of some types of training that that your your care partners might might receive? So just um, most recently, we had our um, memory care directors go through um, a training called bathing without a battle, and then they went to their memory care support partner team and trained them on that material, which is basically um, a video that tells you there's lots of ways to help someone with dementia get clean. It doesn't always mean a shower. You know, we think, how do you get clean? I take a shower. Well, a lot of people don't like showers. A lot of people prefer a bath. or a sponge bath. And so it was a very educational video to show approach um, and how to get people clean without all of the distress that can come along with having dementia. I I remember back uh, when I was caring for my mother, uh, when when she was still at home, that she became very resistant Mm. uh, to 
to, we didn't have a shower in the house at the time and to, to crawling into that that old clawfoot bathtub you know she became very resistant uh, to taking a bath you know i would say mom it's you know when you take a bath today oh no i i i took one yesterday well she hadn't taken one yesterday and and so you know it became a challenge you know to uh you know to to get her in, into that tub and to make sure that she had good hygiene you know mm -hmm. and and oftentimes uh it you know it would, it would come down to a sponge bath you mm -hmm. know that 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 she would would do and, and I'll, I'll share this with you my my mother what she would say about sponge baths and and her her, her famous quote was that you you wash down as far as possible and then you wash up as far as possible and then you wash possible <laughs> and, and so so that was that was her famous quote about sponge baths so um, I, I, that always tickles me every every time i think about that you know gr grandparents and and our seniors say some of the the funniest things that were common common sayings I, my my grandmother always called it a whore bath oh yes oh yes i, I i've heard that term as well yeah. absolutely absolutely so so as as thoughts turn toward a memory care community what what factors need to be considered regarding the person living with dementia you know when you are faced with making that decision um and and i would love to hear your thoughts on making that decision too it is very tough um one of the biggest most important things is is the person who's living with dementia are they safe where they are um, because that really becomes a concerning factor you don't want to wait until something tragic happens um, to make that move it'd be it'd be much smoother if you could start planning that process earlier than later even if you're not ready to move go and tour some places you know ask questions ask about the training um, so are they safe going back to you mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. caring for your mom what what was the turning point yeah. well you know as i've mentioned before you know i i was caring for my mother uh i was i was still farming at the time and at, at the point I was, I was trying to farm and I was trying to take care of my mother. Uh, I was, of course, making all of her meals for her. I was, was taking care of her medication management. I was doing her laundry. I was making sure she was taking care of as far as her, her hygiene, as I'd mentioned earlier. I was literally doing everything. And, and it got to the point that I was spending more time in the house than I was in the fields, you know. Um, but again i did this you know and i was always thinking oh i'm i'm being the best son you know i was the baby of the family you know everyone all my siblings were gone you know and it's my duty it's my obligation as the baby of the family to take care of my mother i'm doing the right thing for my mother by keeping her here in the house and taking care of her oh i am such a good child <laughs> <laughs> well you and i both know that's bs <laughs> you know because but, but it actually came down to an event that I knew something had to happen. We'd gone one toke over the line. <laughs> and so a decision had to be made that she had to go into what we 
know then as a facility, but mm -hmm. actually looking back, I was very fortunate in that in the small town that I lived in, they were really a little bit ahead of the time because they actually had a an Alzheimer's, what they call the Barone Alzheimer's Center. But that was just literally the start of, of facilities mm -hmm. that specialized in dementia. Even though I don't know that they really knew what the heck they were doing compared to today. But they were starting. That was, that was they recognized that dementia was hit there, there was there to stay, mm -hmm. and there, there was a real need to have not just nursing homes, but a facility that just cared for people with dementia. So for a town of 8,500 to have this specialized community, I believe she was like the fifth or sixth person resident to go into this facility. Oh, wow. And so the timing really was perfect. And like I say, I was very fortunate to have that for her, you know, mm -hmm. like I say, but she was really a guinea pig, <laughs> you know, but still I was so fortunate to have that for her. You know, I think you said something had to change and that can look different for everybody. Um, you know, when you are a caregiver for someone who's living with dementia, it may be your marriage is in jeopardy because you are dedicating all of this time. It may be um, that you see yourself becoming less and less patient and more frustrated. And when you're trying to help them get dressed, you may just be jerking a little bit too much, um, which is, sadly, it, it's common for for family caregivers. Um, and one of the most common things with caregivers is they end up sacrificing their own health. And a lot of times will pass before the person living with dementia does. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. It's it's tough. Well, it's like, tough I journey. think you're probably referring to like a spouse. Yeah, that you're talking about there, or a spouse, or um, yeah. But I've even seen children sometimes as as caregivers just wear themselves yeah. completely out. So so in talking about caregivers, um, so what what considerations need to be made regarding them as it relates to a potential move? What 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 do we need to think about? You know, in the caregiver, and we're thinking about moving mom or dad, let's say, or let's say a spouse, mm -hmm. you know, into a, a memory care, you know, community. Uh, what, what considerations need to be thought about in regards to the caregiver? Um, for the caregiver, and, and I'm, I may be taking this the wrong route that you're well, thinking. You, you take but... <laughs> it whatever direction honey, you want to go. Okay. So, I mean, my first thought is, is that caregiver ready to go, ready to go back to the relationship that they first had with this person? that didn't include caregiver, whether it's son, daughter, husband, wife. Um, because once they are in a memory care community, that that's the relationship they can go back to having um, instead of just being caregiver. Um, as far, was that where you were going or were you well, like, well, what me, do we me, need to look for? Let me give you a follow-up question just okay. on that point, mm -hmm. on, that, on that, what you made. So, so have you run into a situation where or let's say there's, there's, well, I would assume it's probably spouses, but maybe adult children that have been caregivers that find it difficult to give up 
that responsibility as caregiver uh, when when their when their spouse or when their mom or dad move into a community? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give you me know, some examples. It's of that. it's the their their nature. That's what they've been doing. So sometimes we will have people that move in to our memory care neighborhoods and the the spouse may want to still come and and help bathe them or eat lunch with them um and and that's where you know we want the family members to feel welcome by all means but we do want to try and relieve some of that burden of those responsibilities so little by little they'll step back you know sometimes it just takes some people a little bit longer than others i suppose they they have to feel comfortable and confident yes they've that, got to that their have loved that one is, is being taken care of and and that 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 you love them or the staff loves them and cares for them as good or better than what they were huh absolutely trust is huge when you're placing your loved one somewhere yeah, yeah. so so in your line of work uh, um, and, and you may not even know the answer to this and I'm just just thought of this I'm just making it up on the fly so the majority of individuals that that you see in the memory care neighborhoods, um, do you, are you dealing with with adult children that are placing the individuals with dementia, or are you dealing with spouses? Both. Okay. Both. All right. And which one is more difficult to deal with? And I don't know if difficult is the, maybe I took that in a negative way. Which one <laughs> is, finds it most difficult to release their partner or release their mom and dad into the memory care neighborhood? I don't know if there's really a difference, Charlie. I, I mean, they're both hard in their own ways. Um, it's it's. It's a very difficult journey, um, and to put trust into someone else to care for your loved one, whether it's your mother or your father or your husband or your wife, it's just as difficult for for both. It just looks different. Oh, sure. I remember the the day I took my mom in. <laughs> that was one of the hardest days. Of my life yeah you know I like to tell families that you know they feel guilty for not being able to to do it all they just can't do it all they can't maintain a, a marriage a job a, a family of their own um, they physically just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not expected for for one or even two people to take care of someone with dementia. It takes a village, and the only reason that a memory care neighborhood is able to do it is <laughs> is they have staff that's on shifts. You sure. know, they, they get eight hours on and then they're off for a day or two. You know, they 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 get a break. Mm-hmm. And when you're a family member, that's the caregiver. You're 24 seven, 365. It doesn't matter if it's a holiday. It doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. 
um, you're on mm, nonstop and you don't get that break. And another thing um, I ask people, I, I had one lady who um, said, I just feel so guilty that I can't take care of my mom anymore. And I asked her, I said, do you have kids? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, what if this were you? What would you say to your kids if if your kids were feeling like you are right now, just totally exasperated, not able to even figure out what's for lunch today? What would you say to your kids if they had to put you somewhere? And she was like, oh, I would never want them to feel guilty. She said, I would I would tell them it's OK. And I said, that's probably what your mom's thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's just hard it's just hard it is hard it is hard well i've got a scenario that i wrote up for you that i'd, I'd, I'd like to propose to you and okay i, I, I want to hear your response okay right. okay so here it is if an adult child called you tonight and said mom has dementia She's been living with my husband and me for the past three years. It's come to the point that I can't take care of her like I should. My health is not so good and neither is my marriage. Elizabeth, what should I do? So, how would you respond to that, Elizabeth? First, I would say I'm so sorry and I'm so proud of you for doing it as long as you have. I think it's very important to validate those feelings that they're having. They're real. Um, I would then say you need to start looking for a place. Um, In the meantime, I would recommend home health because you can't find a place in one day. I mean, sometimes you can, but that's not the way you want to find a place for your loved one. You want to give it more time than that. So I would say call home health get some physical therapy in there to help you get a home health aid to help you and and that would give you some time to go and start touring some places Um, it's okay to not be able to do it all i think that's some great advice so do you have any final thoughts on today's episode to kind of round us out um, you, you know, I would first like to say that memory care is not what a lot of people think it is. Memory care is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful thing. Um, it's a great place where people who have cognitive challenges can live and thrive. You've heard the term or the phrase, if you use it or lose it, um, when people are with dementia are living in a memory care community, they're using it. You know, they're using that social connection. They're, they're engaging spiritually, physically, cognitively. Um, it, it's a great place and uh, not to be scared of that. And to give yourself grace, you're not expected to be able to do it all 24 seven, 365. Um, but also start looking sooner than later before something tragic happens like wandering in the middle of the night or a, a, a fall. Um, just start start looking now. And I will just add to that, that uh, memory care neighborhoods are a great place to visit. 
Yes. Yes, they are. I, I enjoy so much uh, when I'm in the different communities. Mm -hmm. I always make it a point to go to the to the memory care neighborhoods because they're always, um, residents are always so eager um, to, to see new faces and, and to visit and, uh, yeah. and it's, it's such a joy. I was just getting ready to say they're places of joy. No, they certainly are. Well, Elizabeth, as always, thank you for, for sharing your, your expertise and your insight. It's, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Charlie. At Aero Senior Living, we believe in the power of a chuckle, maintaining a childlike sense of wonder, and defending the dignity of others. Until next time, this is Charlie Johnson with Aero's Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, wishing you fond memories filled with moments of joy. And remember, if you've met one person with dementia, you've met one person with dementia. You can find Thoughtful Connections, a memory care podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts.